Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. So I promise we have really good news. We have we have exceptionally good news after we have bad news. And I feel like that is the whole of Ohio, right? We have really good news after we have bad news. Um, the, the really good news that we're still celebrating, of course, is, you know, issue one totally failed in August. Woohoo! Like 14 points down. Um, the really, the really bad news that we have to share in this episode is that the Repro Freedom Amendment, the Right to Reproductive Freedom Amendment that's going to be on the ballot in November, had a little hiccup at the ballot board here last week. <clears throat> the ballot board in Ohio has control over what language actually appears physically on ballots or digitally on balloting machines in the state of Ohio on any question put before the voters. It's a little complicated, but it does not change what the actual amendment is. It simply summarizes whatever the amendment happens to be, and the ballot board gets to decide what is put out in that statement. Well, our ballot board being full of people who do not value the voters and do not care about being honest, decided to make some major amendments, ideological amendments, to the language that was submitted to them from the Repro Amendment. And upshot is, if you don't hear anything else, just hear that the ballot board approved language that's intentionally misleading. The ballot board approved language that instead of referencing a fetus, references unborn child throughout their description. They struck mentions of very popular things in the amendment like birth control and miscarriage management, and instead have used the vague and somewhat sterile term medical uh, procedure or medical intervention. I can't remember which one they finally settled on, but there was a debate over it. Um, and they basically rewritten the description to say that individuals have a right to medical care, which is not at all what the amendment says. The amendment is very clear that people have a right to a decision about their medical care, the right to decide. That is the amendment that is the Reproductive Freedom Amendment, the right to reproductive freedom that's in front of us in November here in Ohio. There's a lawsuit being brought by Ohioans United for Reproductive uh, Rights. There is a lot of folk from the ACLU are really weighing in on this. I know Fred Levinson and other lawyers are really progressing. But like, that is the really unfortunate thing that is befalling us right now in Ohio. What does that mean, though, for like Ohioans of faith and repro people of faith and like what are we doing about it here at Faith Choice Ohio? Well, we've got a few things that we're doing about it, and you're going to hear about those in this episode. But I just want to take a moment to, like, I, I want to hear from your perspective, Kelly, like, okay, the, the ballot board has decided to lie to everybody. Um, how do we feel about that? <laughs> I mean, I think, like, this is very <clears throat> typical Ohio politics. Um, I mean, just from even thinking about issue one, like that, the way that that was spun to try to uh, intentionally convince Ohioans to vote against their own self-interest, 
Like, this is, again, another one of those situations. And it, it is just, like, listen, I am a person who reads a lot of, like, fantasy, and I read a lot of things about, like, you know, fake political intrigue that involves magic. That's what I do for fun. Um, anyway, so this feels like the intentional uh, manipulation of politics to get somebody's way. Like, you see in these books that I read, um you see these very manipulative, manipulative, very manipulative leaders <laughs> who uh, will, will do things and say things to make the public assume that like they have their interests at heart, but they don't, they just want power. And that, and it's, I hate to say it, but that's real life here in Ohio, where uh, the ballot board is manipulating the language to convince people to vote against their own self-interest, even though that's not even actually the text of the amendment itself. So it's requiring for people to do extra research to not trust what they read at the, th if it, if it, you know, if nothing changes, then uh, people will have to know beforehand what the ballot language is and trust that that ballot language that they've uh, read previously is correct, even though that's not what they read at the polls. And that, it shouldn't be like that. That is ridiculous. Um, so um, I feel like a similar thing that we've said multiple times is like, I'm disappointed, but not surprised. Um, and I mean, actually, in this case, I'm a little, I'm more than disappointed. It's, it's just, it, it hurts that it gets worse, you know? So, um, but here we are. Um, I'm glad that we are, you know, fighting against this obvious manipulation. Uh, but it's just another way that, you know, it was obvious with issue one that those who are against reproductive freedom uh, know that they're losing and are doing everything they can to prevent themselves from actually losing. And this is just another case of they know that they're losing, and so uh, they're putting things in place to try to fool people to be on their side. It's just, again, they just need to admit that they're losing and, and let people have the things that they want, you know? It's just a lot of work to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, a, a lot of work and a lot of money, right? I mean, $20 million or more, we're not really sure, the audit hasn't fully come back on how much was spent in the August special election to lose by 14 points, right? Um, and now <clears throat> the ballot board is spending more time and effort and money subjecting themselves to litigation. Our tax dollars are paying for this. Like, you know, the ACLU has to sue the state and the ACLU, of course, is funded by donations. Please feel free to donate to the ACLU, right? They are our good friends. We appreciate them greatly. Fred Levinson, the whole crew over there, fantastic people. Um, but that doesn't come free, right? They have to cough up money to sue. And they can recover a certain amount in legal fees if they win. 
but they recover those legal fees from the people of the state of Ohio because it's tax dollars that pay to defend these stupid, stupid decisions. And these horrible laws, all of these abortion bans that get challenged again and again and again in court, it's just sapping money from the taxpayers that could be used for mutual aid, it could be used for community care, it could be used to build thriving futures, and instead what we're doing is fighting about who has the right to lie to us. And that's what this ballot board issue comes down to. It's not right to life. It is right to lie. The right to lie about the concept of abortion, the right to lie about whether or not um, medical treatments like birth control and miscarriage management are actually in the law, and the right to lie about the characterization of a fetus, right? Like, all of these things, all of these things are essential to telling the truth about this amendment. And as people of faith, people in our coalition, regardless of their faith tradition, usually, for the vast majority of these faith traditions, have at least one, usually many, prohibitions on lying in their sacred texts and in their traditions. Like, you know, bear no false witness, thou shalt not lie, right? I mean, these are elements that are essential to our religious frameworks because lying is bad, right? How we communicate that to people might, you know, vary in nuance and we might have to, you know, get really creative, but like at its core, lying to people is bad. Yeah. And lying to people when you are elected to serve people is really bad. Mm-hmm. And and I think like another thing is that it, it's it's the lie is egregious, um, but also it's like the way that the state chooses to talk to people about what they're voting on. I was actually talking to someone the other day about how. I think that oftentimes um, when they're, when I have political disagreements with people, it's not so much about the, uh, the thing that we're disagreeing about. It's more about the way that it's presented because I, you know, I truly believe um, that unless there's some inherent thing that makes you not want freedom for people, uh, in the end, it's just a misunderstanding of how, how whatever the thing being described works. So like, for example, with abortion, um, you know, I think about before um, I became more educated around abortion, before um, I was even having conversations about abortion, uh, the way that abortion uh, was described to me made, had a different effect on the way that I saw it. Um, I will say for myself, like, Uh, I was never, like, anti-abortion, but I was around people who were, and so, like, I was just unsure about abortion in my growing up years until I was around people who were uh, explaining to me how um, abortion is a blessing, how abortion has given people the freedom to live their lives in a way that best fits them, and all of that. And, And if people continue to hear... Uh, reproductive freedom and abortion talked about in this uh, negative way rather than hearing from the people who have had uh, their lives be blessed by (laughs) reproductive freedom, then like it completely changes the perspective. So I think like one thing is one thing about this like summary, obviously from the state level, uh, they are being manipulative. Like this is the 
the whole reason that they're making this change is to get people to uh, misunderstand the amendment and then vote against it. Um, but I think about the people who read that summary and think that it's correct. And um, I, I don't blame them because I imagine that those people who read um, the change from like fetus to unborn child they have just not had those conversations and they have not seen things in a different perspective than the one that they've been entrenched in. You know, I think we talk about like how, especially like racism, we talk about how it's like, it's the water that we live in. It's, it's the world around us. It, it encapsulates us. And so we have to be aware of, um, you know, uh, tendencies towards racism or sexism and, and things like that so that we can resist it, right? Um, but if you've never been told that, like, the water you're swimming in is toxic, it is, like, working against you, then you, you don't know to, to be aware of those changes. And if you're never having those conversations with people, then your perspective never changes. Um, and, you know, also uh, another thing <laughs> that I've been thinking about lately is uh, uh, you guys uh, have heard me talk a lot about Adrienne Marie Brown, my my actor. About love. wait, wait, about who? <laughs> who? Adrienne Marie never, Brown. I'm being um, sarcastic, just yes, so we're all yes. clear. We and, love um, Adrienne Marie Brown. Love her. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been recently, I recently suggested to one of my friends that they read her book Pleasure Activism, um, which I have read and was the basis of my uh, master's thesis and has changed my life. You know, um, the way that I view sex, the way that I view pleasure, the way that I f view activism, the way that I view how the world should be uh embracing joy and freedom for people is like mostly based off of this book and my experience of it the first time and now I've been rereading it as I suggested it to one of my friends I was like oh we'll read it together um and rereading it and rereading my notes on it and the way that I saw this book when I read it you know three years ago is vastly different than how I read it now some of the like statements that when I read this the first time were revolutionary and uh, borderline like, like, scary to me, uh, are not scary to me now and are like the basis of how I try to live my life. And I think about like how if I had not picked up this book because it has pictures of animals and insects having sex on it and I'm immature, um, if I had not done that, then my perspective of the world wouldn't have changed. And in the same way, if um, people are not willing to um, get out of their bubbles of um, like anti-abortion uh, communities and talk to people who have had abortions or talk to people who are, would be affected by this amendment, then they will continue to have a mindset that doesn't, you know, that that would see this uh, summary change as uh, an improvement. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> you tracking with me? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, reading pleasure activism several years ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm with you in that the first time I read some of the things in pleasure activism, I was like, hmm, I, are you allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that? Uh -huh. Like, I believe that, but like, don't say that out loud, right? Mm -hmm. um, and now I, I reread pleasure activism last year because 
I was in a book club that they were like, oh, we're doing this new book, Pleasure. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, like, <laughs> this is not new, friends. And I did. I reread it and, and had kind of the same feelings that you are, are giving out. Like, yeah, I'm in a very different place than I was. And also, I was able to see more nuance and more richness in the text, which, again, like, being people of faith and, you know, for me being a clergy person who works with sacred texts every single week, like, it should not have come as a surprise to me that reading the same text more than once you can get more out of it, right? I mean, that's kind of what we do in the Judeo-Christian traditions um, all the time. Like, we read the same thing again and again and again and apply it in different ways. But I think it is fascinating to see how many people will not allow themselves to be discipled in a text or discipled in a tradition or allow themselves to reread something again and do it like it's for the first time mm -hmm. right the idea that that you are open to having your mind changed having your heart changed maybe transforming a little bit is a little too scary for a lot of people and, you know, I, I think about there are a lot of people who have been calling and asking me, like, after this ballot board decision this week, like, oh, my gosh, what's Faith Choice Ohio doing? Like, we're just so mad. We're so angry. And there's just so much misinformation. And people are lying. And they're going to keep lying right up until the election. And, you know, there, there's this, like, deep anger and also frustration. Um, and I am just so excited to be able to let people know, like, we do a regular duty in this place of helping train people to tell the truth about repro, tell the truth about repro and religion, and to have courageous conversations and courageous dialogue with one another around reproductive health rights and justice. Mm -hmm. We don't think of that as radical or revolutionary. And quite frankly, in most repro spaces, it's not radical or revolutionary to have dialogue and conversation about repro where it is radical and revolutionary is in unfortunately the vast majority of our culture and particularly the vast majority of our culture here in ohio mm -hmm. most people in ohio are not repro advocates most people in ohio when they engage with repro it is around very political or very personal um you know foci that they are either right next to a reproductive decision themselves or they've been thrust into a debate around a political element of repro. And for us at Faith Choice Ohio, I'm really excited to announce that we're going to be taking our regular trainings on the road between now and Election Day, particularly our really awesome training called Moral Messaging. Moral Messaging is a training that um, we helped develop here a few years ago. We've been running multiple sessions um, you know, each month we do many on-demand sessions with organizations and congregations, but we have developed a special moral messaging focused course on the ballot initiative to help people understand how you speak from your values about the ballot initiative, from your values, from what you hold as sacred and holy and true and speak about the ballot initiative in ways that connect with other people. So we are going to be coming around. The uh, the total list is going to be finalized here at the end of this week. But we have many, many, many places around the state that have invited us. We're going to hit 
probably 10, maybe 12 uh, different physical locations. We're going to announce them well in advance. People will know it when we're coming to your region. Be sure to watch our socials. Also, watch the notes page here. We'll come back and, and load um, you know, in the notes page on this podcast when we get an actual schedule. But we're going to be going to individual communities, local communities across the state, to talk about why our values are important as pro-choice people of faith and how we share those value communications around the Repro Rights Initiative. And remember, this Repro Ballot Initiative has five key parts, right? In addition to abortion, which is really, really essential, and frankly, in my opinion, it's the cornerstone of the amendment. In addition to a right to choose abortion, individuals will have protected under this ballot initiative the right to access birth control, the right to access fertility treatment, the right to have miscarriage care, and the right to continue their own pregnancies. Those are really essential and core values, and they're really essential and core liberties that people in this state do not have right now. And we're going to make sure that they have them in November and earlier. I keep trying to remind people, like, it's not just the November ballot initiative. We can start voting on this October 11th, Mm. which is like less than 50 days away, right? October 11th, we can start voting to make sure that we protect access to miscarriage management, to fertility treatment, to people's ability to continue their own pregnancy, to birth control, and to abortion. Protect all of that in the state of Ohio. Mm -hmm. And we can do that not in spite of our faith, but because of our faith, whatever our faith might be. Mm -hmm. We have faith in abortion seekers in the state, and we're going to let people know about it. I'm terribly excited because I really truly believe that this is the beginning of a discipleship in values that are oriented toward reproductive health rights and justice and oriented toward that thriving future that we know reproductive justice in particular calls us to. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, I think it's just, I like to hear you say that like those things would be protected under this amendment. It's just like, it should be very basic, but to have this protection around a person's ability to consent to what happens to their body is just... Uh, you know, in a state where it feels like we're constantly threatened, um, <clears throat> it's beautiful to to see, and and it it hurts a lot that the state would have to work so hard to try to get us to vote against our own again against our own self interest against. Uh, and it's not saying that like oh everybody's gonna have an abortion because abortion is not. The, the it's not what everybody wants um, but it's saying like these are options that people should have and we believe that that should be protected and I think that that is beautiful and great and I'm glad that we're having that that um, that moral messaging training and I know a lot of people have you know done that um, moral messaging training but I think, like, again, thinking about uh, this refresher and thinking about how, you know, things that we found revolutionary uh, before may not be revolutionary now. Um, I, so I actually, uh, right before this podcast, uh, went to the gym. Uh, For those of you who do not know me personally, I go to the gym three times a week. Um, I'm a weightlifter. 
Um, I don't know how I became this way, but I have. Um, and so when I first, I first started um, back in November of last year, and when I first started, um, I had a really bad injury um, back in 2018. And so a lot of what I was doing was just to recover from that injury, which is a, an ACL tear. And so like I often think about when I started, I had to use um, some accessibility aids to be able to do some of the workouts and um, it was difficult for me. And I didn't think that I would be able to do it. Back then I did it like two times a week. but. Today, I actually did a workout that I did on my very first day, the very first time that I came into um, the gym with my personal trainer. And uh, I am able to do twice as much as I was able to do less than a year ago. And I think like, uh, you would think like going back to the same exercise and going back to the same thing, like may not feel like a, a big, um, like a thing that like you want to evolve, you want to do harder things, whatever. Yeah. And I, I am doing more weight. So obviously it is a little bit more difficult, but I think like the going back, um, before I added more weight, I went back and did the same weight that I did that first time. And I think like one of the things about that, that was uh, good to me was just this ability to, um, to see how much I've grown and to be able to share with other people like how how I've grown and how I've gotten better. And so when thinking about this moral messaging training and even the people who have done it before, I think it's worth it to do it again. Um, and it's worth it to be in conversation with people who are doing it for the first time because you can say like, I was there once and this is what I've learned in the, in the time since. Um, and I think that that is beautiful and um, allows us all to grow together. Um, and and be better and again like like i said before if we're not exposing ourselves to different people if we're not exposing ourselves to different experiences and different um lessons then uh we we lose the opportunity to for one like meet people where they're at and and grow in community in that way um but also to grow ourselves and to become a more enlightened and um more uh values aligned person I think so often we we can even work in our own self-interest without knowing it and uh by being able to be with other people and learn from them we can we can grow as people so anyway um we are all out of time and yeah it, it was great talking with you terry and you know guys uh we we continue to work against this state that refuses to be honest with us and uh, refuses to just give give us the truth. Um, but, you know, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be fighting against this. And um, we're still going to be, you know, letting people know what actually is up and not uh, lie to them. So uh, we will be back continuing to talk about the ballot amendment and um all things going on here thank you for listening to this episode of our soul if you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion abortion access and all things repro you can find all our episodes on podbean spotify and apple podcasts for more content training and other information check us out at faithchoiceohio.org